It's hump day. Yeah, it's hump day, and this is Gary Gatehouse. Go ahead and tell it like it is, Miss British Lady. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. That's right, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World. You know, folks, uh, we've been listening a lot to the mainstream media. A lot of us have sit down and turn the television on, and probably most conservatives still go to Fox News to get their news. But a lot of conservatives have come around to realize that Fox News isn't exactly what it says it is. Fox News isn't really a conservative-leaning news outlet, mainstream media, if you will. Now, there are individuals on Fox News who are conservatives. Well, I say an individual, Sean Hannity. But the rest of them, I don't think so. And I have known, noted here lately that Fox News, over the, oh, I don't know, the last at least month, has been all in going after Donald Trump, going after him tooth and nail. And a lot of people have recognized this, have noticed this. I've seen postings on Twitter and Facebook, etc., where people are saying, Whoa! What's going on with Fox News? Why are they going after Donald Trump? Donald Trump is one of us. He's after those individuals in Congress, in the White House, that want to bring this country down. But I guess Fox News sees it a different way. They see it as they say, fair and balanced. And I really have never bought in to that statement, fair and balanced. Oh yeah, they'll have a whole bunch of people, they'll parade by the television, and they'll say, you know, we've got this panel, and we've got this analyst, and blah, 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 blah. But when it boils down to it, the narrative proves out to be the fact that Fox News is really not fair and balanced, or conservative. And that was something that all of us conservatives bought into a long time ago when Fox News came on the scene. Hey, here's a, a, a conservative news outlet. They are going to tell the news and report the news the way it should be. But they don't. They put their twist to it. They inject what they think it should come out to be as far as any issue, any news, reported news. It is not straight News. It all has a twist, just like the rest of the mainstream media. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when you throw your hat in a ring for a news outlet, most liberals sign on to the spaghetti outlets, ABC, CBS, NBC, and yes, even CNN, and public broadcasting. So those guys have the whole court covered. Along comes Fox News raises her head and says, here we are on the scene and we're going to report the news with no spin, no lies. We're going to report the news as it is, the news. And conservatives' ears perked right up and they said, my God, out of all that other crap that we had to listen to, we finally have a news media outlet that is going to report the news with no spin, fair and balanced, 
man, I'm all in on that news outlet. Well, that might have been the case the first few years. But now you look at Fox News, and if you look at it with all honesty within yourself, if you look at it as a person who is going to, oh, I don't give a break to him here, here and there, you realize that Fox News is no different than ABC, CBS, NBC. Hell, they have a lot of the, the retreads from those other media outlets on Fox News reporting the news. Look at Shepard Smith. He's a flaming liberal. Flaming liberal. And that's not all he is, but I'm not going to talk about it here. But you know, you look at Martha McCallum, you look at all of them. Martha McCallum gets up there and she has never asked a statement. Excuse me, never asked a question. It's always she makes a statement before she turns it over to the person that is supposedly the uh, uh, person who knows it all about that particular issue, the person who is the expert, etc., etc. She makes a statement to that person or persons, and then she asks, Well, what do you think? You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've received a lot of emails from folks that say, "What do you? Why are you so hard on Fox News?" Because I'm not hard on Fox News. I am just reporting it the way I see it. Maybe not the way you see it. It's a free country. We can we can report, we can talk, we can discuss any issue on this radio station, on this radio outlet, Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. But I do not pull any punches. I call a spade a spade. And I let the truth lie where it lies. You know, folks, there's a big difference between the truth. There's a big difference between the news, unfiltered, and then filtered and spun and massaged to come out and report it as the news through the filters of the ABC network, NBC, CBS, CNN, public broadcasting, Fox News, etc., There are always filters in place. And those filters are words, statements, etc. that they very diligently look at before they put them up on the teleprompter. Because like I've said many times, words mean something. Words have an impact. And you can change two or three words in a sentence or in a paragraph to change the whole context of what that paragraph started out to be or mean, or reveal. Journalists are good at it. They all went to the same damn schools when it comes to journalism. They all graduated from journalism schools from college that are ran by the left, who are well-versed and know all the ins and outs how how to massage a statement or a paragraph to change it how to spin it, how to spin a lie into the truth and the truth into a lie. They know all of that and as part of the curriculum of a journalist going through college. Then they hit the streets. They get picked up usually by a a local media as a uh, cub reporter reporter or somebody that reports the weather or bad weather, you know, all the dirty jobs of the news. And if they're any good, they excel and go up the ladder and end up on Fox or ABC or NBC or whatever. But when with them, they bring not only the expertise expertise they developed when they first started their careers and went up the ladder, but they also bring with them 
all of that stuff that they were taught in college. And we know, us folks know, us patriots know that our school system, whether it be the first grade, the fifth grade, the twelfth grade, college, graduate school, they are all ran by left-wing communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive professors. Every damn one of them. There's one or two in there. And you get into your big colleges, that's all that run those colleges are those type of people. So you take your daughter or son and they want to be a journalist or they want to end up being a uh, oh a news anchor on television, whatever. You send them through that college, they sign up for journalism and they take the whole, everything they're required to take curriculum-wise to come out of there with a degree in mass media or whatever, journalist, whatever, and they eventually end up on the screen or writing a piece in the New York Times or uh, whatever. Journalist. Just who are the journalists of America? Well, I would say overall, they are nothing more than supporters and propagandists for the left side of the aisle, the left wing, the socialist, Marxist, progressive, communist, whatever the hell you want to call Democrats, and uh, the RNC leadership. They are the, the good old boys of reporting the news, journalists. And they run around with the good old boys status quo of the political cartel, used to be known as Congress. That's what journalists are. They're not there to report the news as it happens, the way it happened, what caused it, where it happened, etc. No, I don't care what it is. They've got to inject into that reporting their ideology, the station's ideology, or the media's ideology on what they should, the American people should and should not hear, and the way they want the, us, the people, to hear it and see it. That's journalism today in the United States. And they pass themselves off as this, the average Joe Blow, the average just uh, Mr. or Mrs. Six-Pack that said, you know, got them a job working for working for a big-time news outlet and, and they are just here to get the news out to you, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, veterans, active duty perps, personnel, all you folks in America, all you p- folks over in flyover country, all you folks down south, we're just here in Fox News or ABC News or NBC News or MSNBC news or CNN. We're just here to get the word out to you because we know you people love us. You know, you ever notice how Fox News always has their go-to people? They've got a list, I know, a list, a catalog of people, expertise-wise, what they can comment on, how they comment on, how they dress, etc., etc., how they come across to the American public and all that. But they're mainstreams. They have their mainstream people that they want to plug in at any time there is a political discussion, issue, etc. They go to certain people every time. Karl Rove, as an example. What a loser Karl Rove is. Karl Rove is nothing but a political hack that has made millions of dollars off of campaign money for such people as Mitt Romney, etc. And he sets up over these damn little board and writes little stupid things on it. And the Fox News reports what he says as the news, as the gospel. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, again, Karl Rove. Karl Rove's an idiot. 
in the sense that he really is locked into a certain commentary, a certain set of words, a certain approach to what the issue is of the day as far as politics. He does not deviate whatsoever, if you've noticed. He has one goal, one set of mindset that he operates out of, out of his little mind, and that is it. And Fox News loves it. Because he is in bed with Fox News. He's in bed with the RNC. Like I said, he is a political hack. So if somebody comes along like Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or Ben Carson, three outsiders, well, two of them are outsiders, and the other one is a, a uh, Republican rogue, a uh, rebel, if you will, that stood up against the whole damn RNC leadership and called a spade a spade on numerous issues. Now, I'm talking about Mr. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz uh, stood up there in the well of the Senate, and he read the riot act to the Republican Party and the Democrat Party on Obamacare, and they held a whole litany of different issues, different bills, etc. He stood there by himself. No one else came to his rescue. No one else reached out to help Mr. Ted Cruz. Mr. Ted Cruz was in the right. The rest of Congress was in the wrong. But the Republican Party, the RNC, the leadership of the Republican Party, they don't want anything to do with Ted Cruz. They don't want anything to do with Donald Trump. He can't be bought. He's his own man. You can't buy him. He can't be made into a puppet of the Republican National Committee. Neither can Cruz. So they hate those men, and they take on the help and solicit the help of all the mainstream media, including Fox News, to go after those two. Back and forth, back and forth, pitting one against the other. Oh, it's good entertainment for folks who just want to be entertained, but when you talk about politics and you talk about the whole truth of the matter... The RNC, Fox News, and the Spaghetti Alphabet News Media are all in bed together. They can't stand the fact that Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, have lit up the darn phones, have lit up the airways, have awoken a whole population of American people who were asleep at the wheel. They can't stand the fact that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are out there telling the truth, shining the light of truth on the media and all those status quo elitist politicians inside the beltway. They cannot stand it. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, as to the debate that transpired Tuesday, yesterday. I'm going to be commenting on it on Friday's show. I'm going to wait till I get all the numbers and everything in before I comment on the debate. All I can say is that it was a good debate and two people stood out head and shoulders above anybody else, Mr. Ted Cruz and Mr. Donald Trump. There were some testing moments there, testing moments there for sure. But when, when the dust cleared, those two guys were way up there and everybody else, all the other midgets, were down here looking up. And uh, like I said, I'm going to comment on it, have more to say about it on Friday's show after all the uh, poll numbers, etc. come in. But until then, I'm going to hold, uh, hold off on it. Now, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World, and we'll be right back after a few short messages and the Phyllis Shafley Report.
You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com. Coming up next is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney and author of 25 books, including the history-making book, A Choice, Not an Echo. Now, here's the founder and CEO of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. Obamacare is collapsing, and hardly anyone is surprised. It was enacted without a single Republican vote in 2010 and has been a factor in every federal election ever since. Some predict that Obamacare will be the top issue in next year's presidential election. The recent news about it is grim. A half million customers are being left without insurance under health insurance co-ops that have gone out of business. About a third of these co-ops have shut their doors and left their insured patients stranded for next year. Taxpayers are stuck with losses of a billion dollars in federal loans made to these co-ops to get them started. They were supposed to provide an alternative to the expensive commercial health insurance companies, which are consolidating and reducing health insurance options for Americans. The growth in the number of people who get insurance through Obamacare exchanges provided on the HealthGov website has sharply declined. The Obama administration lowered its goal of the total number of Americans covered by these health insurance exchanges to only 10 million people for 2016, a small fraction of the Americans who are uninsured. Six years after the Affordable Care Act was passed, tens of millions of Americans are still without health insurance. Medicaid, which is health insurance for the poor, has expanded vastly at taxpayer expense, but many doctors do not accept Medicaid. So millions who have enrolled in Medicaid may not really see much improvement in their access to quality medical care. What Obamacare has accomplished is to drive up the cost of commercial health insurance for those who do pay for it. A lot of Americans have discovered that Obamacare has increased the expense of their individual health insurance. American voters may soon realize that it will take a courageous new president to end the scourge of Obamacare. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Are you concerned that government health care will bring increased costs, less choice, and long waits to see doctors? Stay informed and make your voice heard. Go to eagleforum.org and be a part of the blog conversation with Phyllis Schlafly. Join the healthcare debate at eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Every day, nearly 4,000 unborn children are denied life and love. National Right to Life is working to change that. For more than 30 years, National Right to Life has worked through education and legislation to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to share their love, their gifts, and their talents with the world. Our work now is more critical than ever. Respect for life is being attacked on all fronts and at all stages, from the tiniest unborn child to the medically dependent and disabled to our elderly citizens. It is the support of our members, pro-life men and women from across the country, that helps to advance our cause. Join with National Right to Life and countless other pro-life men and women and make a unified stand for life. This has been a perspective on life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, www.nrlc.org.
That's nrlc.org. Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged. Get on your knees in prayer and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org. Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World. You know, folks, we conservatives, we people who love our country, love our Constitution, love America, we just want to make this place a better place for our children, our grandchildren. And we have a whole lot that we have to face. The reality of the situation is that our country is under attack from inside and outside our borders. Life's highway has dealt us this hand. We have to face it, face on, and take it on. Now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country, ladies and gentlemen. Now is the time. There is hope for this country. There is hope for our children and our grandchildren. Now is the time to take our country back. Take it back from those who would want to destroy it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, being a conservative, being a person who, like I said in that little piece, loves my country, have fought for my country, love my grandchildren, love the generations of Americans, I will never ever have the opportunity to look in the eye or see or shake their hands or give them a hug. But it's our responsibility as the adults in the room in this country, we people who want to stand up for what is right for this country, we people who have during our whole life as Americans honored our Constitution, loved our military, done everything that we think is right to move our country down the road on the right track. We, the adults in the room, I'm not talking about liberals, I'm not talking about the congressional cartel up there inside the Beltway. They're not adults. I don't know what the hell they are. The people that report the news, they're just a bunch of uh, hacks. I don't, I don't have faith in any of them. But I have faith in the American people. I have faith in patriots. I have faith in you folks out there that sign on to the fact and know that our country is in big trouble. Know that there has to be something that we have to, to, to do to take this country back. There has to be something out there that we can latch on to and make our pillar of strength. There's two of those types of pillars out there. Mr. Donald Trump and Mr. Ted Cruz. Those two pillars of honesty, those two pillars of strength, those two pillars of folks who support the American way of life, that's what we got to latch on to. Now, I don't give a damn which one of them you support. I really don't. Either one, number one, number two, number two, number one, I don't care. It would make any difference if it was Mr. Trump as number one and Mr. Ted Cruz as number two or vice versa. Either way, either scenario, America wins. 
Either way. But I'm going to talk about Mr. Donald Trump right now. I did a, a blog here yesterday. And it was called Republican Leadership. Do as I say, not as I do. And I said signing the pledge by Donald Trump was a precursor for the RNC support. But that pledge cuts both ways. It seems that the RNC, the Republican leadership, has not stood by their part of the bargain. One could say it is business as usual for the RNC. They are the same elitist political bunch who in 2014 said, just just give us the Senate and we will take care of business. We conservatives capitulated. We who pay attention, we gave them that. And what did we get? Nada. We conservatives, we who pay attention, no, now no. Republican leadership lied to us. We know this by their actions and, and deeds. Patriots, it is time we face the facts. The RNC has no use for we conservatives. As a matter of fact, they would wish they wish we would just go away. Along comes Mr. Donald Trump, and the Republican National Committee goes off the deep end, calling out the dogs, mainstream media on Donald Trump. But it is not working. We see that every day. It is not working. It is backfiring, and the RNC is beside itself. They just don't know how to handle someone that can't be bought out. Now, patriots, there are individuals running for the nomination for the Republican presidential candidate, Mr. Donald Trump, Mr. Ted Cruz, Mr. Ben Carson. Two operate outside the confines of politics. One is a political rebel that does not stand with the RNC status quo. And the RNC wants all three to be removed from the political stage. They do not want any one of these three standing in front of America and the American people and speaking the truth. Patriots, it is plain to see. The RNC, the Republican National Committee, wants to continue with politics as usual. They are trying their best to protect, protect their inside the beltway turf, but this time what they want and what they are going to get is something we conservatives control. It is up to you, fellow conservatives, time to speak your mind and don't hold back. Pull no punches. Call a spade a spade. Politicians can't stand the truth. We conservatives, we know the truth is on our side. Now, I put that blog up on my blog site, Secret Agent Man, up on WordPress. You can go up and look at my whole blog, blog site. I've been writing blogs up there for about three years now in support of my radio show and in support of my political stance on all types of issues. A lot of people have went up there and looked at it. I've had, I don't know, eighteen, twenty thousand 20,000 hits. I, ha- I, don't, I don't post up there every day. I post only when something riles me up, only when something gets me so PO'd that I have to either let it out verbally or put it up there on the blogs for all the people to read. Now, in this particular one about the the uh, agreement that Donald Trump had to sign, the pledge, I put it up there in words, and I just read the same words to you here on my radio show. You know how I stand, where I stand on the issues. If there are some issues you're doubtful about, go up and read my blog. Go up and read it. Secret Agent Man on WordPress. It's up there for, for everybody in the world to read. 
and you can read it at your leisure. And you can also connect from there to my radio show archives to listen to past shows. It's all right there for you. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels? And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Stay tuned for the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Intelligence Report coming up next. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Intelligence Report on the GAL Network from South Texas. You know, folks, my uh, CIA open sources are reporting that the CIA is said to have bought Iraqi chemical weapons. The Central Intelligence Agency, working with U.S. troops during the occupation of Iraq, repeatedly purchased nerve agent rockets from a secretive Iraqi seller. Part of a previously undisclosed effort to ensure that old chemical weapons remaining in Iraq did not fall into the hands of terrorist or militant groups, according to current and former U.S. officials. This extraordinary arms purchase plan, known as Operation Avarice, A-V-A-R-I-C-E, Avarice, began in 2005 and continued into way into 2006, and the U.S. military deemed it a non-proliferation success. Now, folks... So there was no MDs in Iraq, right? And as the East Coast probed the West mainstream media, the propaganda arm of the Communist Democrat Party said all during the lead up to the Iraq war, during the Iraqi war, and even now the left beat the drums constantly that there was no weapons of mass destructions inside the borders of Iraq. They and all their knowing, all seeing Worldwide coverage knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that no weapons of mass destruction were were anywhere near Iraq. They said Bush lied. The intelligence community, both in America and in the United Kingdom, lied that they were wrong. The American people bought into it. After all, what is said, what is published by the Pravda West mainstream media of America is gospel, right? The truth and nothing but the truth. And all others that disagree are all misinformed, or dolts or liars. Ladies and gentlemen of America, 
WMDs were in Iraq. The CIA had a special program to buy some of those WMDs back from those who controlled them, those who had them. Operation Averice, A-V-A-R-I-C-E, began in 2005 and continued into 2006. And the U.S. military and the CIA deemed this operation, it was a non-proliferation success. In other words, those uh, terrorists, whatever, didn't get their hands on them. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, this goes to prove that there are things going on behind the scenes that we know nothing about, but the media always tries to bring it on as they know it all, and what they say is gospel, and they tear down our leaders, especially conservatives, leaders that were taking the war to the terrorists back during Bush administration. They convince the American people that the intelligence communities in the United States, the CIA, the NSA, the DIA, and the MI5, and GCHQ in uh, Great Britain were wrong, absolutely wrong, and their intelligence and their, uh, uh, I guess, publication that, that WMDs did actually exist. This was before the war, and that was one of the reasons why Bush went in there, that WMDs were there, and he knew that uh, uh, Hussein would use them. Now it comes to play, it comes out in the open, that they were indeed there, and the CIA, under an operation, a secret operation, bought those WMDs away from those who controlled them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an intelligence report that has yet to be out there, I guess, for the media to uh, throw out there for the American people to hear. You heard it first, if not first, close to the first, on the Gary Gatehouse Intelligence Report that comes uh, on the GAL network every couple of weeks or so. Now, the CIA scales back presence and operations in Yemen, home of potent Al-Qaeda affiliate. The closure, as we remember the media telling us about in the last week or so, the closure of the U.S. Embassy in Yemen has forced the CIA to significantly scale back its counterterrorism presence in, in the country. And this is according to former USA officials who said the evacuation represents a major setback in operations against al-Qaeda most dangerous affiliates. The spy agency has pulled dozens of operatives, analysts, and other staffers from Yemen as part of a broader extraction of roughly 200 Americans who have been based at the embassy in Sana'a, officials said. Among those removed were senior officers who work closely with Yemen's intelligence and security services to target al-Qaeda operations and operatives and disrupt, disrupt terrorism plots often aimed at our country, the United States of America. The departure, ladies and gentlemen, were triggered by mounting concerns over security in Yemen's capital city of Sanya, where Hotut rebels have effectively toppled the government. Britain and France said Wednesday that they also would close their embassies, as news footage showed Hatufi fighters driving off in vehicles that United States diplomats had abandoned at an airport during your exodus. Now, folks, the collapse of Yemen's government 
had already disrupted some United States counterterrorism operations in Yemen. The closure of the U.S. closure of the U.S. mission compounds the challenges, and it is extremely damaging to the Central Intelligence Agency's mission in Yemen," said a former senior U.S. official involved in the effort. That person said that the embassy had served as the primary base, the primary base in Yemen for U.S. intelligence gathering operations, and that the political turmoil in Sanya and the closure of the embassy all played into the hands of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, or AQAP, as the Yemeni franchise is known. Ladies and gentlemen, Obama knew this was coming. Obama knew that our CIA was warning them of the pending uh, downfall of Yemen, yet he did nothing about it. He got them out at the last moment. They had to abandon their weapons, had to destroy them. They had to abandon all of the vehicles that were used at the embassy and at the uh, other uh, compounds in the area had to leave them at the airport, some still running. Obama knew this. Why didn't he do anything? In my own opinion, Obama didn't do anything about it because he's in bed with these people. He's in bed with the Al-Qaeda. He's in bed with Iran. He's in bed with Muslim Brotherhood. He has no concern whatsoever about our people, just like Hillary didn't in Benghazi. These people, these left-wing socialist Marxist communist pigs, don't care a damn thing about America. They don't care a damn thing about our people who are serving America in all the hot spots of the world. They have turned their back on them, and they have turned their back on the American people. Now, this U.S. official emphasized that all not all CIA personnel were withdrawn from Yemen, saying that the agency would not try would try to salvage an intelligence network that it had assembled in cooperation with Yemen, Saudi Arabia, and other allies over the past five years. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go into a country and you put together an intelligence gathering network, it doesn't happen overnight. Like this man said, it took over five years to make the right contacts, to make sure their backgrounds were clean, that could be trusted. It's not just something you can drop a bunch of CIA agents on the ground and have them start snooping around immediately. It has to evolve over a period of time. You have to be able to trust the individuals that will have your back. I was in the intelligence community for 30-plus years as an operative. And we operatives, whether CIA or other intelligence agencies, we are put into uh, places, we are put in in harm's way, we are put in foreign countries that could care a tinker's damn about America or the security of the Americans there. We went there and did our duty to serve our country. I served my country for 30 years. Just like all these other CIA, NSA, and DI agents and other intelligence agencies do. But those things that we do in these countries, gather intelligence, whether it be electronically, on the ground, uh, gathering human, human intelligence, etc., it is one that happens over a period of time. Like I said, it just doesn't happen overnight. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a short message. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. 
GAL Network from South Texas. You know, folks, a lot of Americans probably say, you know, so what, Gary? So we so we left Yemen. There's just a bunch of ragheads anyway. Who cares? Well, you know, the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Yemen has been linked to a series of bombing plots targeting the motherland, the United States, including the failed attempt to blow up a Detroit-bound airliner on Christmas Day in 2009. More recently, the group claimed responsibility for last month's terrorist attack in Paris. Although whether it was directly involved in the coordination of these assaults remains still remains unclear. But you know, folks, the CIA has deployed teams of operatives and analysts to Yemen and built an air base at Saudi Arabia for a fleet of armed drones that have carried out dozens of strikes against AQAP targets. But that campaign has depended heavily on intelligence. Military cannot do anything, cannot carry out any plan at all, cannot put together any plan without intelligence. And like I say, that campaign has depended heavily on intelligence from informant networks and other sources developed in collaboration with Yemen's government. The CIA worked particularly close with Yemen's primary intelligence services, the National Security Bureau and the Political Security Organization. The CIA may still be in contact with these officials at those agencies, may of whom many of whom have been have continued to work despite the chaos in the capital. And three CIA drone strikes in recent days show that the agency's aircraft are still tracking AQAP, even if they are no longer doing so with the permission of Yemen's government. The embassy closure has made close coordination with Yemen's intelligence service all but impossible, prompting worries among U.S. officials that the intelligence streams that have Sustain the drone campaigns could soon evaporate, be non-existent. The issue would be whether you have the intelligence you need to know what to target, a senior U.S. official said in an interview before the embassy was closed. To a large extent, that was a product of the cooperation we got from the Yemenis. That's all gone now. Now, Pentagon officials have said that U.S. special operation teams are still in Yemen and continuing to work with the country's counterterrorism units outside the capital, but U.S. officials acknowledge that those operations also have been impaired by the political turmoil and said that any deterioration in intelligence would also affect a parallel drone program in Yemen operated by the United States military's Joint Special Operations Command. Ladies and gentlemen, without intelligence without boots on the ground, without gathering human, human intelligence. We can't rely strictly on overhead. We have to have people in country. But you know, as recently as September, President Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sisi described the Yemen arrangements as a model for his administration's approach to counterterrorism. But the relationship unraveled in recent weeks as the Houthi fighters, backed by Iran, toppled Yemen's government, dissolved its parliament, and put the former president, Abid Rabu Masir Hadi, in a staunch, a staunch U.S. ally under house arrest. He is no longer the president of Yemen. There isn't one. 
Members of a Shiite sect in Yemen's north, northernmost provinces, the Houthis are openly hostile to both al-Qaeda and the United States, although senior members of the group signaled in interviews this week a willingness to consider limit, limited counterterrorism operations with the al-Qaeda. Now, a member of the Houthis Political Bureau described United States drone strikes as a violation of Yemeni sovereignty but said the group has not ordered the nation's intelligence service to halt counterterrorism coordination with the United States or demand that the drone flights stop. Instead, he said these decisions would be left to revolutionary committees that the Houthis have formed in recent days to assume control of Yemen and establish their own government. If the Americans were to change their strategy and show respect for Yemen's sovereignty, we would not oppose the drones, Ari said, although it was not clear how the United States might meet that standard. Another Houthi political advisor, Diet Alay al-Shalami, expressed a similar view, saying that the group is moving towards fighting al-Qaeda, and if there is anything that can help Yemen while preserving its sovereignty and integrity, then we will take it into consideration. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all a lie. That's all a front. Al-Qaeda and the Houthi are in bed together. They want to present this as a, a, a wedge, I guess. But when it comes time to defeating the infidels, when it comes time to defeating Americans, they're all in bed together. And Obama, Obama don't know what to do. Obama has no clue on what to do with Yemenis or Yemenin. Obama is a lost soul when it comes to uh, intelligence, both from the intelligence view of the agencies to what's in his brain, intelligence there. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, we who love our country, we who have served our country, whether it be in the military, the intelligence service, black ops, whatever, all of us folks that have laid our life on the line at one time or another or in numerous times, we know what's up. We know what's up with Obama. We know that Obama is in bed with Muslims. We know that Obama has turned his back on the American people. He never, ever really cared about America to start with. And as we go through this war, trying to save the motherland from those who would want to kill all Christians, want to kill all infidels, both in Europe and America, as we go through this war and many people will die, believe me, that will happen. Without intelligence service on the ground, we are going to be lost. And as long as Obama is in office, that is going to be a real hard thing to do. Keep people on the ground, gathering intelligence, because he is going to make damn sure he can try to stop this any way he can. Now, there's more intelligence to pass on, but as a short order on this intelligence show, I'm going to make it a, either a weekly or bi-weekly show, where I pass along Central Intelligence Agency information that is available to me, Central Intelligence Agency information that is out there for me to pass along. Central Intelligence Agency and other intelligence uh, organizations that are open source, that are reporting what is really going down in the world of intelligence gathering, 
What is really going down in all the problems the intelligence community is experiencing, whether it be legislative or those individuals on the left and some on the right, would want to stop intelligence gatherers from doing. Now, here recently, since Obama's taken office, the intelligence community has got a black eye. The intelligence community has been made to look like they're the bad guys. My question to America today is, before I close this show, should we close down all intelligence gathering? Should we do away with the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Security Agency, the the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, the NRO, National Reconnaissance Organization, and others who are protecting the country? Or should we just do away with them? Because as some people perceive, they are infringing on their right to talk about whatever they want to talk about, wherever they want to talk about it. Let me put it a a little clearer than that. The intelligence communities are not interested in what mom is telling sister or mom is telling grandma or whatever on the phone about recipes, about what's going on in their life with their gallbladders or the fact that they don't like Obama or they don't like uh, what's going on. They're not interested in that. They are interested in gathering information on those who would want to kill us, those who would want to blow our aircraft out of the air, those who would want to pull up in front of a building in Main Street, America, and detonate a bomb from a car or a person to kill children, whatever, maim individuals. That is what they are interested in. That is the intelligence they want. They want to gather intelligence to put it out there for our military used to form all the different strategies to go after ISIS, to go after Al-Qaeda, to go after the Muslims who want to destroy us here in America and here in in Europe. That's the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing more to it than that. You can read into it what you like. You can listen to the media and have them read to you the propaganda that they pass along from the Obama administration. And you can go along and accept that as gospel. But I have to say, if you believe anything when it comes to national security, reporting on what Obama does and doesn't do, and it's reported from Pravda West, as I call them, the mainstream media, if you believe what they say as the gospel, then you're lost. You should just go along your merry way and accept what will happen if we, the people who have gray matter between our ears, know how to read between the lines, who love our country, and will stand up against the onslaught that is surely to come to America and Europe. We are the ones that you're going to be be screaming for when the time, when the you-know-what hits the fan. You're going to be saying, where in the hell are they? Well, they'll be there, and you can take that to the bank. This is Gary Gatehouse with my first show. My first show, the Gary Gatehouse Intelligence Report. If you have any, oh, I don't know, ideas or any suggestions, you can pass them along to Gary Gatehouse at hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Gary Gatehouse at hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Until the next Gary Gatehouse Intelligence Report, this is Gary Gatehouse a man who has served his country 30 years as an intelligence gatherer and operative, been around the block a few times, been experienced in a lot of different things that have went down from uh, 1961 to 1993, uh, my years of service. 
A lot of uh, things transpired in those years, and I'm happy to say I'm proud to be a member of those individuals in the intel community that were part of most of what was going down that was against we the people of the United States. We folks were out there. You never knew who we were. You never knew what we were up to. You never knew who we were. My family knew nothing about what I did. My family had no clue. And they still don't today. Until next show, this is Gary Gatehouse. Good day. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Well, thank you, darling. You know these intelligence reports. I glean off of uh, information, uh, open source information from the NSA, CIA, DIA. And... uh, being an old Intel guy myself, an old Intel operative for 31 plus years, I enjoy going out and finding this information that probably more so than not, the media does not, does not report, does not put, a, put any emphasis on whatsoever. Because you see, it kind, of, it kind of collides with the way they report things. It kind of collides with the way they look at things through their eyes as, uh, oh, I don't know, journalist, I guess. But you know, Fox News has a whole lot of generals. Most of them are blonde-headed, long hair, wear dresses. Most of the generals of Fox News are females, never served in the military, never served in any intel organizations, never served their country, probably most of them, probably if not all of them. But you get a general up there, and you get somebody from the intel community up there, and those little blonde-headed women will be the first ones to correct them when they make a statement about their expertise or some issue that this doesn't jive with the way these little blonde-headed women look at things or the way Fox News, their big daddy, their sugar daddy looks at things. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Generals that are 45, 50, 60 years old, 70 years old, been through the wars, been on the battlefield, and I've seen it uh, them being corrected. Oh, no, General, that's, that's not right. This is the way it is. Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. You'll notice that. Every once in a while, that will pop up. And when it does, I have to tell my wife, I say, did you just hear that? And she says, yeah, I did, Gary, I did. And she says, I know they're wrong, being the blonde-headed generals and intel people. They're wrong. She's been married to one. Uh, my wife has been married to one for a long time. She went through all the hells and trials and tribulations of a guy that was out there somewhere. She didn't know where, where he, when he was coming back, etc. Oh, he was going to be gone for 90 days or 120 days or 30 days or maybe an extension. He's in the Middle East somewhere. He's in Europe somewhere. But that's it. That's it. That's all the news. That's all the info. Here's a number to call if you really need in a dire emergency, death or whatever, to get a hold of him. You know, ladies and gentlemen, like I said in that Intel report, most Americans don't know what Intel people go through, whether it's Intel people here in the U.S. or Intel people all throughout the world. It's a different, completely different world. But we are very proud of what we do for America. We are very proud and honored to serve our country. 
We are very proud that we are some of the few, along with our military and their intel people, called spooks. We're all spooks. We stand at the front lines protecting the motherland. And we are proud of it. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's the way it should be. When you talk about intel, operatives, etc., the American people don't need to know. All they have to know is that we're out there protecting you. We are out there laying it all on the line for you, your kids, your community, our country, our future generations. And I swear to God, there isn't one intel person that I knew when I served for 31 plus years. And I can probably say this with 100% accuracy, there isn't not one intel person today that doesn't believe the same way I do. But the bottom line is, whether you're intel or just a civilian, we are all in the same boat. And that boat has got holes shot in it. People are inside that boat trying to knock holes in it with lies and deceit and hate. And they're not from outside the borders. They're inside our borders. Some inside our own government. But we the people know. We, we, we who pay attention. We who pay attention know. We who can connect the dots know that we don't have to worry about this much longer. 2016 is going to be the year when America goes either down the right fork of the road or down the left fork of the road and continues to head over the cliff into oblivion. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back. It's the top of the hour now. And we got a break for the hourly news. We always do. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, some Muslim propaganda and indoctrination that is spreading throughout the public school system here in the United States. I'm sure you want to hear about this. We'll be back. Stand by. You're listening to The Gary Gatehouse Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-Minute News break. Please stand by. Fox News Radio, I'm Tom Graham. The knives coming out against frontrunner Donald Trump. He'd be a chaos president. He would not be the commander-in-chief we need to keep our country safe. Mr. Trump. Jeb Bush firing the attack during the latest GOP debate wrapping up moments ago. Surprise, the Donald shot back. Jeb doesn't really believe I'm unhinged. He said that very simply because he has failed in this campaign. Trump playing nice with others, including his closest rival, Fox's Jared Halpern, at the debates in Las Vegas. A few days after calling Senator Ted Cruz a little bit of a maniac, Donald Trump now concludes. He has a wonderful temperament. (laughs) He's just fine. Don't worry about it. Instead, Cruz faced his sharpest attacks during the CNN debate on Salem Radio from fellow first-term Senator Marco Rubio. Is Senator Cruz wrong? He is, and so are those that voted for it. I would note that that Marco knows what he's saying isn't true. Cruz and Rubio sparring much of the evening over NSA surveillance, immigration reform, and the role of U.S. military intervention. National security the focus of that latest debate. Hillary Clinton pledging to defeat ISIS and combat terror in the U.S. The Democrats saying that Americans must reach out to Muslims in their community. These Americans may be our first, last, and best defense 
against homegrown radicalization and terrorism. Clinton also blasting Donald Trump's call for a temporary ban on Muslims coming to the U.S., averting a partial government shutdown. Speaker Paul Ryan says a House deal has been reached on a massive budget bill, keeps the government funded through 2016. Baltimore on edge after April's riots. This is jury deliberations continue when the first of six officers tried in the death of Freddie Gray. We're not going to let anyone who wants to do harm to our communities or to residents or anything be able to do that. T.J. Smith of the Baltimore Police. Leave is canceled for all cops in that city. Jury deliberation or jury instructed to keep deliberating after saying they were deadlocked Tuesday. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Some are calling it a hoax. Los Angeles schools will be back in session in the morning following a massive threat to shoot up classrooms. L.A. Sheriff Jim McDonald reports more than 1,500 buildings were searched. Really, I think the message to take away here is that uh, when a threat like this comes in, when any action comes in that threatens our children, that threatens any resident of Los Angeles County or the region, we put our collective resources together, we work as one team, and we have an effective outcome. An email threat prompting fears of a San Bernardino-style attack against L.A.'s children. President Obama talking immigration. Fox's Kevin Cork says this comes amid a refugee showdown with several states. Speaking at a naturalization ceremony for 31 new U.S. citizens in Washington, President Obama called immigration our oldest tradition and part of what makes us exceptional. The ceremony comes as 25 Republican governors governors have vowed to block the entry of Syrian refugees into their states, including some where large numbers of Syrians have settled in recent years. Mr. Obama condemning such comments as contradicting American values. So far, states have been unsuccessful at blocking Syrian migrants. Under pressure from New York's top cop, 30 retailers agreeing to stop selling certain toy guns. New York's attorney general saying 30 online retailers have agreed to stop selling realistic toy guns in New York State. Attorney General Eric Schneiderman's saying the toys in question violate state law, which requires toy guns to be brightly colored or have colored striping down the barrel. This summer, retailers including Walmart, Sears, Kmart, and Amazon agreed to keep realistic toy guns off shelves in New York. Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. Pete Rose says he's a changed man. It's in reaction to Major League Baseball's recent rejection to allow the all-time hit leader back into the game, possibly the Hall of Fame. On Wall Street, stock futures are on the positive side this hour. This follows gains Tuesday, the Dow adding 156 points, NASDAQ jumping 43. I'm Tom Graham, Fox News Radio. Restoration Radio UK are proud to present the secret agent man, Gary Gatehouse. Looky here. 
a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. All right, we're in the second half, the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse radio show, and you're on the Gary Gatehouse radio show love train. Oh, come on, get on board. Let me see your ticket there. Heading to England, that's our first stop. And, uh, yeah, the club card is right down there to the right, Jared. All you folks that are getting on the love train, uh, Paul and Michael and Alan and Kim and Bruce, right down there to the right. That's where the beer is. That's where the booze is. That's where your boss is, Stephen Lang. That's where Mr. Billy Van Horn is. That's where Mr. B is. That's where we're all going to congregate on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Love Train. We're leaving the station right now, so get on board! You know, you get on the Gary Gatehouse radio show, Love Train, and you get to the right down there at the club car. We've had to put another club car onto the first club car. We've got such a big crowd climbing on board the Love Train these days. With our new affiliate, with our new affiliate that is signed on with us, Rebooting Liberty Network, all the way from a bunker in Phoenix, Arizona. Jared's got it all together. He's got his whole crowd on there. We're going to have such a great time touring the world, spreading the word about the conservative movement in the United States of America, taking our country back. Uh, Trade, you're a latecomer there, but you can get on, buddy. Just head on back there. That was Mr. Trade Martin. Had his pen and pencil and pad and all that, he's going to sit back there in the corner and have a couple of uh, vinos and uh, write some more songs and put together some more videos. Like I said, that guy's got talent coming out his ears. Someday soon, we might be able to get Mr. Ted Cruz and Mr. Donald Trump on board the love train. What do you think, Donald and uh, Mr. Ted? Come on down to Club Car. We're waiting for you. Like I said before the end of the first hour, the second hour I was going to kick off with some information about what's going down in our public school systems here in the United States of America. The indoctrination continues. It continues. Non-Muslims, this is the headline, non-Muslims encouraged to wear Islamic headscarf at school. Now, this is a Christian college professor also. He also puts on the covering in solidarity with Muslims. Chicago's Vernon Hills High School held a walk in a mile in her Habib or Hajib day last week as non-Muslims female students were encouraged to wear the Hajib or Habab or whatever the hell you call that damn thing they put around their head or Islamic headscarf or covering. The event was sponsored by the school's 10-member Muslim Student Association. A known front, a known front group, ladies and gentlemen, for the Muslim Brotherhood and an unindicted co-conspirator 
in the largest terror financing trial ever held in our country on U.S. soil. Meanwhile, Wheaton College professor Lyra Hawkins announced on her Facebook page December 11th she would be wearing a Muslim headscarf during Advent to show religious solidarity with Muslims. Wheaton is a private evangelical Christian college in Wheaton, Illinois. Has anybody told those people at these colleges and these schools, and especially the Christian schools, that their fellow brothers and sisters in the Middle East, fellow Christians who just happen to be uh, from the Middle East and Muslims, fellow Christians are having their heads cut off because they don't sign on to Islam. The people who carry the Koran around, the people who sign on to Islam and Muhammad and all that junk, they're cutting these Christians' heads off. Lyra Hawkins announced on her Facebook page December 11th she would be wearing a hajib during Advent to show religious solidarity with Muslims. And like I said, Wheaton is a private evangelical Christian college in Wheaton, Illinois. Illinois, excuse me. She said, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book. And as Pope Francis stated last week, we worship the same God, Hawkins said. Really? Your brothers and sisters on the front lines of Christianity in the Middle East who refuse to give up their religion to practice Islam are losing their heads. Does that resonate with you at all, Mrs. Hawkins? Christians? Now, the Wheaton political science professor says she hopes she is not the only non-Muslim woman wearing a hijab or hijab or scarf this holiday season. As she wants to start a movement of women for showing their solidarity for Muslims. Well, I guess as long as you can follow all your Muslim boys three or four uh, footsteps behind them and cover your head up and eventually if you sign on completely and support them, you might end up wearing a bag over your head, over your whole body and going home and, you know, they can beat the hell out of you anytime they feel like it because their religion, their God, Muhammad and the whole bunch, Allah Akbar, says they can. How ignorant can Americans get? I thought they got as ignorant and dumb and underinformed and misinformed as could possibly be. But this article just draws a this draws a new opens a new door for ignorance. Now this article says the purpose of the Vernon Hills High School event was ostensibly to give non-Muslim female students the opportunity to wear the head covering and gain a better understanding of the Muslim faith and denounce negative stereotypes. But several former Muslims now living in the United States, well, they said that headscarf event which are popping up at high schools and college campuses across the United States will actually achieve the opposite. One of them said to me, there are two things troubling here, said Shahram Hardin, who grew up up in Muslim 
uh, in uh, Muslim Iran and uh, migrated to Canada before moving to Washington State and becoming evangelical Christian. She became an evangelical Christian, ladies and gentlemen. She has walked the walk. She knows what it's all about. She knows. She's been there. She has seen it. She has lived it. She is now a pastor in an evangelical Christian church. She grew up, like I said, a Muslim in Iran. If anybody's walked the walk and spoke the talk and talked and talked and all that crap, she has. She's seen both sides of the coin. Which one did she gravitate to? Which one did she finally sign on to? What is it, Islam? No! She's a Christian pastor in an evangelical church. In the United States of America, Washington State. Now she said the MSA's indoctrination campaign has been rampant on college campuses for years. But now it is mobilizing in United States high schools as well. Won't be too long to be down at the grade school level. At Boise State University, for example, the MSA holds an Islamic week every year. And for an entire day during that week, they encourage every woman on campus to wear the headscarf of the Islamic religion. But the troubling thing is how, is how MSA is now getting access to our high schools. And number two, how is it that the state's promoting a religion and we can't even talk about Christian religion in school? You can go to jail for it. Would the high school, for instance, allow a Christian student, a Christian student group, to encourage non-Christian students to wear crosses for a day? Would Muslims do that? Would they walk in the in the footsteps of a Christian? Hell no, they wouldn't. Hell no, they wouldn't. Or what about a Jewish group, including or encouraging Muslims to wear the Star of David? It's just hypocrisy. And it's at its pinnacle, Hayden said. But the Muslim Brotherhood, they are very clear, clever in the use of propaganda. And apparently the atheist, atheist lawyers at the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, have given the MSA a pass. But they won't give Christians a pass. They won't give Christians a pass. During the Holy, the Holy Land Foundation terror trial, way back in 2007, the MSA was exposed as a Muslim Brotherhood front in a broad conspiracy to take over the United States slowly through nonviolent cultural jihad, which involves immigration, high birth rates among Muslim families, and using the nation's own civil liberties against it. And you can throw in all liberals and political correctness with it, and the public schools, and the National Education Association, and the Democrat Party. You could throw it all in there. And oh yeah, Obama and his bunch. You better put them in with him as well. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Akbare once practiced law before Iran's top Sharia court. He now lives in America and he converted to Christianity. A former top Sharia attorney in Iran who converted to Christianity 
and defected to the United States in 2008 while here on a student visa, said the hijab or habib or whatever the hell in name that damn scarf is, is a symbol of Sharia or Islamic law. And every Muslim who has studied the Quran knows this. For a school to do that, they are promoting Sharia and supporting what Americans call Islamist. But they are just true Muslims. This is not the promotion of humanity. This is a this is support of a hard line ideology that leads to Sharia, honor violence, and honor killings, he said. He now lives in Texas, and he has authored two books on jihad and Sharia. His latest is Honor Killings. Go read about it. See what he has to say. Americans need to counter this narrative among Muslim girls, he said. If there's going to be any hope of Muslim immigrants and assimilating into United States society, they don't want to assimilate. They want to take our country over. They want to change it with the help of Barack Hussein Obama Jr., who is bringing them, bringing them in by the thousands from Syria. They want to live in our country, but they want their country brought here. The form of their ideology and their stupid religion they believe in. Islam. They want us, the American people, to change. Us infidels, as they call us. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Sharia law. You ask the average American... Out on the street, have you ever heard of Sharia law? You ever heard of the Quran? You ever taken any time to read any parts of the Quran? I doubt very seriously if many Americans can even identify Sharia law with Muslims and Islam. I doubt very seriously if they can. Very seriously. You know, folks, it's a scary time in the United States because we have so many, so many ignorant people here. We have so many ignorant American people. Find it treasonous that in America liberals are resorting to such actions as encouraging all of this in our high schools and colleges and soon to be grade schools, probably. I find it very, very Dissettling at all to know that fellow Americans are so stupid, so ignorant that they can't identify the enemy that's living right here amongst us. But you know these people that live here, so-called peaceful Muslims, they are not advocating freedom, but they're enabling and encouraging torture, inequality, and the inhumane treatment of women in Islam. They want American women wrapped up in Islam, wearing a scarf. They want Sharia law to run our country, to run our women, to run our schools, to run our government. That's what they want. That's the bottom line. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, you look at a place like Minneapolis, the mayor of Minneapolis, Minnesota, Betsy Hodges. She wore the scarf when meeting with representatives of her local Somali refugee community in 2014. She saw it as a sign of respect, but it goes much deeper than that. It goes much deeper for Sharia-compliant Muslim men. They know that when that scarf is on that head, 
They know when that bag's over that woman. They know when that woman's face is covered up, they got complete control of them. And you Americans, you American women out there who call yourself independent and standing on your own two feet, do you want a bunch of Muslim men telling you when, how, where, if and when and all the other things attached to it goes? Do you want them to control you? You complain so much about your American male. Do you want to sign on to these Islamist Muslim men? Sharia law? Well, you better wake the hell up if the answer is no. Because if you have daughters going to school, high school, college, they're being indoctrinated right now. Somewhere in a bunker in Phoenix, Arizona, rebooting Liberty Radio Network and Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Tune in. See what Gary's up to. See what Rebooting Liberty Radio Network's up to. Conservative talk at its best. Tune in to Gary every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Rebooting Liberty Radio Network. Be there! In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much. Unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to walk. Talking, moving, walking, gone. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience this, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Know the facts about African Americans and stroke. To join the movement to stop stroke, visit strokeassociation.org today. Folks, you can listen to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.us 24-7. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've talked a lot today about Islam, Muslims, ignorant Americans, liberals, Congress, Obama, the RNC, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, the debate, you name it. We've talked about it today. But there's one thing that is a big threat, probably the biggest threat on the radar screen in America today. A threat to we the people. Well, actually, there's probably two. And they go hand in hand. Muslims, Islam, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., and some people in Congress, if not most, if not all. And political correctness. It's all just wadded up into one big ball of threat. Now, Muslims and Islam and the threat to Western Western culture, America, is real. It's real. And I just want to read you a few headlines that came across the ticker tape, or whatever you want to call it, in the last couple of days. Headlines. Headlines that impact all of us. 
and what's in those headlines, what's between the headline and the end of the issue or the end of the uh, news story. What is in between? How it gets to us, how it resonates with us, the American people, with Western culture. When it comes to Muslims and Islam, Patriots, I'm just going to read you a few headlines just to remind you where political correctness lies, who lives by it, and who does not. Headline, Judge Orders United States Landlord to Learn Islam. A judge in the United States Court of Law orders a landlord to learn Islam. Well, what's behind the headline? A judge has ordered a landlord who was involved in a dispute with a Muslim tenant to learn Islam as part of her punishment for a fight in which the renter was pushed down a flight of stairs, prompting a legal analyst to describe the action as a constitutional outrage. And a higher court has been asked to look into the actions by Judge Paul Yee Jr. of the Massachusetts court system. A renter and a landlord, a female, get into an argument. Somewhere along the line in that argument, the Islamic renter, the Muslim, was pushed down a flight of stairs. Now the left wing and the media and the courts describe that incident as a constitutional outrage. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. Now, I've been in a few scrapes in my life. More than a few, actually. And I'm sure a lot of you have out there as well. If somebody punched you in the face, whether it be black, white, green, or yellow, and punched you and blacked your eye or kicked you down, uh, knocked you down and jumped on you, beat the crap out of you over an issue such as, oh, I don't know, something you sold them or something you said or or just an argument over whatever the argument may be, would you deem that as a constitutional outrage? Would you? If a Christian was punched out and described this way, if a Christian was punched out and thrown down the steps or pushed down the steps by a Muslim, one who practices Islam, and that came to the light of the news media, and it was reported just as I said it, would you have some lawyer or some judge describing that action as a constitutional outrage? Would you have the news media and some judge, say like in the uh, very liberal state of Massachusetts, taking that, uh, that person to the cleaners? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But in this case... It's the other way around. It's a renter being who is Islamic being pushed down the steps by a tenant or our landlord, excuse me, and uh, the whole world comes unglued. What's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with America? Number one, you've got Judge Paul Yee, Y-E-E Jr. of the Massachusetts court system, which I know is a flame, has to be a flaming liberal living in the state of Massachusetts, 
98% are liberal, governed by political correctness, you name it. And he goes after the landlord and tells the landlord, you've got to learn the Muslim language. You've got to learn Islam. Really? Is there a, is there a, a court in the world, in this Western world, that would stand by Judge Paul Lee, Paul Yee? I doubt it very seriously. But in Massachusetts, I really don't know which way the ball will bounce on that. But that's just an example of what's going down in America today. There are so many headlines out there that they just scare, they should scare the heck out of an individual. You know, ladies and gentlemen, evangel, evangelistic pastor on trial for branding Islam satanic. Evangelical pastor on trial for branding Islam satanic. That's the headline. A pastor is facing a court trial this week on a government charge that his message delivered through a public electronic communications because it was online was grossly offensive to the point of being criminal. The decision that results from the case which is based on the pastor's description of Islam as a doctrine spawned in hell could determine whether Christian pastors... Description of Islam will be allowed to preach biblical doctrine when dealing with Islam in the United Kingdom going forward. Now, in the United Kingdom, it was reported that Pastor James McConnell, 78 years old of Shore Road, Newtown Abbey, is facing a three-day trial for charges stemming from alleged violations of the 2003 Communications Act. There are two charges pending. The improper use of a public electronic communications network and causing a grossly offensive message to be distributed, the report said. His sermon delivered from the pulpit of a Whitewell Metropolitan Chapel of North Belfast, which will be the subject of the Belfast Magistrate's Court case. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have a friend who lives in the United Kingdom, lives in London. His name is Mr. Stephen Lang. He's also the owner and operator of Restoration Radio International, in which Gary Gatehouse radio shows carried on. Now, we've talked many, many, many times over the years, become really great friends. I lived in this country for the better part of the decade of the 70s. And if you listen to my show, you know I, how I feel about the British people and England. I just absolutely love, love them. I grew, I grew to respect them and everything that country stood for, history-wise, and the British people. And uh, so much so, I consider that my second home, although I'll probably never, ever see it again. Now, through our discussions over the years, what I perceived England to be when I left, and I visited many, left in the, at the end of the 70s, then returned many times during the 80s doing business 
for my country. What Stephen passed along to me on what England looks like today, especially London, a city that I absolutely love, is not the same London I knew, even back in the 80s. It's gone completely 180 degrees out of phase. Sharia law runs parts of that city. You see more Muslims than I guess you do British these days. And then you have a Christian preacher, if you will, a preacher of the gospel, a new found person in Christ, evangelical pastor, preaching what he believes is a threat to Christianity and Christian doctrine, biblical doctrine. And he's being held in court and probably tried, will be tried as breaking a law in England for what he said about Muslims. But you know, he only spoke the truth. He only spoke the truth when he said that Islam is based on a doctrine spawned in hell. And if this man is absolutely wrong in what he said, then God will strike him down. But we know, we who pay attention know that this man is right. But if he is found guilty, it could be a determination on whether pastors in the UK will be allowed to preach biblical doctrine in the United Kingdom going forward. Ladies and gentlemen, here in America, we have the freedom of of freedom of speech. But it is being infringed on daily by the left, by Muslims. And it seems to me in my second country that I love, the United Kingdom, freedom of speech doesn't exist anymore. Or very little of it. Western culture, whether it be here in the United States of America or Europe, is under attack. As was it in way back in the 7th century when the Muslims were knocking at the door of Rome. Charles the Hammer Martel saved Europe then. Who's going to be the Charles Martel, Charles the Hammer Martel today in Europe to save Europe from its own self? To save Europe from the hordes of Muslims that are pouring into Europe like pouring boot water out of a boot. It's it's a it's amazing how gullible. It's amazing how both Europeans and Americans have lost touch with reality, have lost touch with their histories, have lost touch with what their countries mean to them, their children and future generations. Could it be both people in Europe and the United States, for the most part, don't give a damn anymore? Could that that be the case that one could argue? They just don't care anymore? Or could we use the excuse that they are just ignorant and they just really don't know the truth? 
We are living in a modern age of communications. If you want the truth, you can find it. If you want the truth, you can find it. And more so than not, you can find it in your church, in your belief in Jesus Christ. Not Allah, not Buddha, Jesus Christ. Another headline reads, Black leader accuses Obama of siding with Muslims. Then we have the headline, United Kingdom Sharia Courts Uphold Theory of Men Controlling Women. Again, we go back to the UK. Two male judges sitting on a Sharia court, judges interrogating a woman alone in in a room about her sexual activities. Another judge laughing at a woman who complained her husband was physically abusing her. This is under Sharia law now. Active and participating in and ran by Muslims, Islam, out of the Quran, in the United Kingdom. A woman is sent away without an answer after reporting her husband took out a loan in her name on the day they were married and is denying her a divorce until she gives him 10,000 British pounds. Now these outlandish results have come to light as a result of the parallel legal system, or universe if you will, set up by Muslims under their Sharia religious law inside the United Kingdom. You people that allow your daughters here in the United States to walk in the shoes of an Islamic woman and wearing the headscarf, do you understand what you're really doing? You're supporting Sharia law. I just read to you, I just recited to you, I just told you just three brief incidents on what Sharia law is all about. You women here in America... Do you want your daughters? Do you want you? Do you want your granddaughters and grandsons to live under Sharia law? Do you really? Do you really want that? We go to Germany and the headline reads, Sharia police. That's right, Sharia police. Free to patrol German streets. Sharia police, Muslims, practicers of Islam, the Quran, who think women are third-class citizens and they can beat them whenever they feel like. Sharia police free to patrol German streets. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you folks in Germany, your leader, Merkel, has sold you out. That's all I can say. Your leader sold you out. Sharia police patrolling your streets. I've walked your streets before. I served over there many times during my 31 years. In southern Germany, northern Germany, in the heartland of Germany. Beautiful country, beautiful people. How in the hell can you buy in to Sharia law. You suffered through Hitler. The whole world looked at you when you allowed Hitler to come to power. Are you going to repeat this? 
Are you going to allow Muslims and Islam preaching from the Koran, Sharia police, patrolling your German streets, taking over your country, and allow Merkel to get you deeper and deeper and deeper into this, just as Hitler did? I know you don't like to hear that word Hitler. Because I know you older folks look at look at those days as shame upon the German people. Well, the shame is here again in Germany. Sharia police, free to patrol German streets. Another headline, Twin Cities Terror Hub, 10th Man Faces ISIS Charges. Twin Cities. That was a recruitment set up for the Islamic State, an Islamic State group that is living and thriving and very well, thank you, in Minnesota. In Minnesota, ladies and gentlemen. They are operating under the very eyes of the American people. And I guess the, the mayor of Minnesota, the mayor and the governor, governor, the mayors of those states, of those cities that harbor these Islamic groups and the uh, governor of Minnesota, well, I guess they're not going to do anything about it. Kind of like Germany, huh? Next thing you know, there will be a Islamic people or Muslims, Sharia police patrolling the streets of the various cities in Minnesota. Durban, Michigan, Detroit, New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago. I don't know, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't know. Briefly, Muslim arrested at your neighborhood fight and he was arrested for, I don't know, swinging a sword around after a neighbor. Dalai Lama calls on world to give ISIS respect. Man bites cop while shouting Allah Akbar. Farouk family lawyers hint at false flag talk about Sandy Hook. Democrats pray against intolerance at mosque with terrorist ties. You liberals, please listen to this. America, listen to this. Europe, listen to this. Democrats pray against intolerance at mosque with terror ties. House Democrats decided to fight Islamophobia, a made-up word, by the left, the politically correct, by praying at a mosque with historical ties to terrorism. Democratic representatives Don Bayer of Virginia, Joe Crawley of New York, and Keith Ellison, a Muslim that is in the House of Representatives from Minnesota, headed to the Dar Ali Sharah Islamic Center in Northern Virginia this last Friday. The mosque once featured deceased terrorist Anwar Alawaki and Iman convicted Fort Hood shooter Nadel Hassan also attended services there. You know, folks, one could really say that Western culture is gone. It's lost. We've sold ourselves out. We've sold ourselves. We, we have... In the United States Congress, a House of Representatives man from Minnesota, the same state I was just talking about, Keith Ellison, 
and he is 100% Muslim. For Muslims, by Muslims, with Muslims. Just like his mentor, I guess, in the White House, the Rainbow House, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. I don't know. It's been reported, and this is all I'm going to do, throw it out there, it's been reported that the Obama regime is bringing these Syrians in and relocating them to cities within the United States under the cover of darkness. Under the cover of darkness. Obama calls it Muslim or just a huge Muslim sympathizer. Liberals. Muslim sympathizers or they just don't give a damn. We'll be right back. Servicemen and women are coming home bearing the physical and emotional wounds of war. The trauma of combat is magnified by the loss of buddies, separation from loved ones, and the stress of multiple extended deployments. Anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and substance abuse often appear after the excitement of homecoming subsides. War wears on families as well. Seeking help is a sign of strength. Visit HealthyMinds.org to learn more about military mental health from the American Psychiatric Association. Coming up next is the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show and Mark Levine. And what Mark has to say on, oh, I don't know, you figure out the subject. Gary's right there with him. I believe the same way Mark does. Have a listen. And Paul Ryan with his new Mark Levine beard. Sorry, Paul, it's, uh, it's not working for you. But in any event, he's no better than Boehner. can talk all he wants. Oh, yes, yes, the surrogates, the... The pretend Republicans, the surrogates, they'll be all over the media telling us how fascinating and wonderful this is. It's a new day. Look at this. They're working together. And Paul's such a good guy. Brian Darling, also writing a conservative review. House and Republican Senate leaders are preparing for yet another surrender to President Obama. Establishment members are derisively referring to some Republicans, that would be constitutional conservatives, as the Hope Yes, Vote No caucus. In an attempt to shame them into voting for a giant appropriations bill, they have not been allowed to so much as read, let alone write. This is the new House of Representatives under Paul Ryan. We're going to go to regular order, kids. Oh, yes, we are. We're going to regular order. Oh, what a swell guy. Plus, Romney likes him. Now that Congress is back in session, Republican leaders in the House and the Senate are working behind closed doors to put to bed a massive $1.15 trillion omnibus appropriations bill. This bill is expected to be carried over the finish line by congressional Democrats because it does not contain any serious reforms that might force a distinction between the policies of congressional Republicans and Obama. There will be no fights, no controversial reforms, only an agreement that Congress needs to spend more than they agreed to under the sequester caps of 2011 budget deal. Now, you know, folks, myself and Mr. Levine are both on the same page. You can read my blogs, you can listen to my show, and I have been harping 
for years now on how corrupt the Republican National Committee is, how corrupt the Republican Party is. At one time I was calling the Republican Party Democrat light, and that's what they are. They sign on with Obama at every juncture. They have supported either uh, supported Obama either by keeping their mouth shut and saying nothing or going along just to get along. Never once have they really made a concerted effort. Never once have they made a concerted, concerted effort to stand up against this, this uh, slime ball, this gutter tripe that occupies the White House. Now, John Boehner left the Speaker of the House position, position and turned it over to his junior son, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is, is John Boehner Jr. Paul Ryan is another progressive in the Republican National Committee uh, whole scheme of things. He's leadership, oh yeah. But just who is he leading? Is he leading we the people? No. He's not leading we the people. Is he leading a concerted effort against the socialist, Marxist, progressive Democrat Party? No. He sides with him. Is he going after Obama for all the things and transgressions that he has committed against the American people? No. He sides with him. He bows down to him. He capitulates to him. Yet there are Republicans. And I receive emails every day saying, Gary, we've got to vote for whoever is running for office. We just don't want Hillary Clinton. That's like saying you have two choices, bad devil one or bad devil two. They're both just as bad as each other, but one wears a different suit. You can vote for the one that wears the different suit that you perceive as being just a little bit more nice than bad devil number one or bad devil number two. They're all the same. They're all in bed together. But there's a, a large contingent of the population in the United States of America that has signed on to their beloved parties, either they be Democrat or Republican, and whatever comes out of the mouths of those individuals that are representatives of said two parties, whether they be leaders of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Harry Reid, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., Paul Ryan, uh, John McCain, whoever, whatever they say is the gospel. And the people that follow those two parties are being led around by their nose. Sheeple. Who will sign on and say and protect anything these people do or say. But there is a bright spot out there. And that's we conservatives. We people who have caught on to all this. We people who have finally signed on to the fact that the political parties inside the Beltway, Democrat and Republican, there's no difference between them. Oh yeah, on the outside, they can paint whatever picture they want. But when you get behind closed doors, where all the deals are cut at the highest levels, they are still, they are the same. You know, ladies and gentlemen, how many years have we the people been pleading with Congress to close our borders, our southern border, and protect we the people from people breaking into our house, America, breaking into our house, and then the government tells us we have to support them. 
How many times have we told Congress that you are not looking at Muslims, Islam, the Koran, these people in our country the way you should? They turned a jaundice eye from away from us. They don't represent we the people. They do not. And like I've said many, many, many times, we the people are on our own. We don't have a voice in Washington, D.C. We don't have one. And haven't for a long time. The game's been played for a long time. They lulled America to sleep. They put us all to sleep. Whether we be a minority black person, a Hispanic whatever, they put us all to sleep. But now, a lot of us have come out of that slumber. The once renowned statement, silent majority, is back again. We are back. We have wakened up from that sleep that we went into many decades ago. We now realize that our country is teetering, teetering, if you will, on the cliff of either going over that cliff into oblivion or coming off of that cliff and putting our country back on the main road to success again, to be what we used to be when we all stood together as Americans. Ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all you veterans out there, all you active duty people, all you people that love your country, now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. It's the only country we have. It's the only country we have been raised in and lived in under the freedoms that have been protected by our military folks, past and present. We don't have another country. This is our country. This is your children's country. This is your grandchildren's country. And whether you want to accept the fact or not, we the people, all of us, are the caretakers of this country. We are the caretakers of this country. What does that mean? It's our responsibility as American citizens to make damn sure that our country is a country that is set aside from all others of the world, the freedoms that we love and protect, that we stand up for those freedoms, and we don't allow any Tom, Dick, Harry, Mary, or Betty to take them away from us, or Mohammed. This is our country. It's not their country. Now, the people in Congress we elected, they work for us. We don't work for them. We send them to Congress. We pay their paychecks. We pay for their retirements. We pay for their health care. But they seem to forget that. They have seemed to forget it. And most Americans have seemed to lost touch with that as well. We are in charge when it comes to that. We dictate to them by electing individuals to go to Congress and represent us, we the people, not the other way around. And it's time America wakes up to that fact. And all you young people out there, all you people that walk around and say that you know it all, you've been around the block, oh, maybe you've just started, but you know it all. You know it all. 
You graduated from college. I've got four bones and a hook in my nose. I know it all. You don't know diddly squat. You've never done anything for your country but whine. You've never served your country. All you've done is complain. I want more. Give me more. Where's it at? I want it now. It's time to wake up, America. It's time to get back to work. It's time to roll up our sleeves. It's time to get together, shoulder to shoulder, stand close and tight, and grab all those people that want to destroy this, our country, the greatest country in the world, reach out and grab them by the belt buckle and pull them up close to us and say, we're not taking it anymore. We've had it. We don't want your type anymore in Congress. We don't want you to represent us anymore. Republicans or Democrats, you're all a bunch of damn losers. Every damn one of you, minus one, Mr. Ted Cruz, the only one that has stood up honestly and fervently taken on all those corrupt SOBs in Congress. He alone. Oh yeah, everybody else that's up on that stage at debate, they have their little dog and pony shows. I said this, I done that. They're all full of bunch of BS. They're all politicians. But Gary... Ted Cruz is a politician. Yeah, I know he's a politician. He's an honest politician. Few and very far between do we have honest politicians. Now, ladies and gentlemen of America, we have two individuals that are leading the way right now. Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. And like I said in the first hour, one, two, two, one, it don't make any difference. They are both individuals we can lock on to. They are the pillars that are supporting the conservative the movement, supporting the American movement to take our country back. We cannot allow, and we must disallow, anybody that speaks harm or speaks bad of them. We must stand up for them equally, and the rest will sort itself out. Can you imagine a Trump and Cruz or a Cruz and uh, Trump ticket? My God, that would be killer. That would be killer. November 16th. I think it's the date or is it November 6th? Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, 2016 November. Not too far away. Not too far away. And the impact of that election will resonate for decades. For centuries properly. Because at that date, when we walk into the voting booth and we pull that lever, push that button, sign our name, whatever, we are going to make the determination on what America will stand for from that day forward, who's going to run it, and the implications and the impact on us, our families, our kids, our grandkids, and generations we've never seen or met is going to be so big that every American should be fully aware of it. The responsibility as caretakers of this country will all accumulate and all come to a point, all come to a head that day when we walk into the voting booth. That day will determine where, where your country goes, where that country, our country, ends up, and all between what your kids are going to have to be faced with, not faced with, what they're going to have to owe as far as national debt, all of that, all of that. The security of your kids, your grandkids, whether we're going to be a Christian country, a Muslim country, 
It's all going to come to a point to a head in November of 2016, whether you in America want it or not. It's going to happen. And it's upon us as caretakers of America, we who really care about America, we who are informed, we who understand the implications and the impact and the consequences of what is going to transpire between now and 2016. It's on our shoulders. We can't pass it along to somebody else. We can't accept, uh, expect somebody else out there to carry the water for us. No, it's on us. It's on us! This is Gary Gatehouse with the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World. I wish you all a great Wednesday. I wish you all a great Thursday. I'll be back with you Thursday. God bless every one of you. God bless your children. God bless your respective countries. I love every one of you. And I hope and pray you all get on your knees and pray to God that we be delivered from all of this evil that is transpiring, hanging over our heads, both in America and Europe. Until Thursday, until Friday, excuse me. This is Gary Gatehouse saying, Good day.